and welcome to Tell Me What's Good, episode 15, I think it is. I am James Clark, and I'm here, as always, with my friend Jeff Ball. Jeff, you look like you're in a jumper. Everything okay? I am in a jumper, James. I don't like paying for heating. We've had this chat before. Through the winter, I will happily freeze as long as I'm wearing a jumper and save a few quid from British Gas. Fair enough. Um, I feel like you could spend a few quid on some lozenges. You sound like you've got a sore throat. Are you okay? I'm just trying to be like the Barry White of the Newcastle area, I think. Um, that's, I a, <laughs> that's a that's a goal. <laughs> it's a goal. I don't know. I've probably just been talking too much rubbish today. Fair enough. Well, you know, you are a banker. Anyway, uh, Jeff, how's everything going? What have you been up to at the minute? Um, what have I been doing, James? I did... I, I met Natasha Kaplinsky in the way that the only the coolest people can, which is via Zoom. So nice. this is basically, I, I was up for an award at work. Natasha, as I like to call her, was presenting the award. And I was in what they called a VIP Zoom room, which was yeah. basically just a Zoom room. And I sat there for a good 20 minutes, petrified that my camera was going to flip in the wrong direction. My, my microphone was not going to work. And then it was my time to shine. And I went, thanks, Natasha, and just rolled into it like a pro, like a wow. pro. You, so You pulled it off. Yeah, so, so, the, so that's probably the highlight. Um, other than that, I have been going through the back catalogue of Married at First Sight Australia. Oh, my days, Jeff. I'm not enjoying it as much, James. I can only imagine it's a bit like getting married for the second time. It looks the same, uh, but the magic has diminished slightly. Okay, okay. Wow. Well, you know that's dedication to your craft, I suppose. I've, I've, I, I think I've, I've diversified a little bit from you, Jeff. I've been into some serious stuff at the minute. Um, I've watched all of your honour, which I'm going to talk about in a bit more detail later on. I am big into Rom, Rob and Romesh verses at the minute, and we've watched the whole of the back catalogue of Rob and Romesh. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but basically, Rob, Rob uh, Becker and Romesh Ranganathan, two of my favourite comedians and who clearly are best mates in real life travel around having to go at various different sports or pastimes or hobbies or jobs um, with obviously hilarious results. And it's all available on Sky On Demand or it might be iPlayer. Who knows? You get everything through Sky now these days anyway. But I can heartily recommend it. They're just two funny guys. They get into some ridiculous situations. I just watched, just last night, I watched Rob Beckett pulling some poo out of a tranquilized rhino's bum. <laughs> um, I've watched them. I've watched them being the halftime dancers at the at an NBA game. I've watched them being tackled by uh, Pro Bowl linemen in the NFL from the Philadelphia Eagles. It's really worth a watch. Um, I've watched them learn how to be drag acts. It's really good. So I'd recommend that. Um, I've also, I really like Just Finished, but Gordon Ramsay's bank balance. You know how much I love a quiz show, Jeff. You do. And boy, did I love Gordon Ramsay's uh, bank balance. So that's been me. I mean, that's, I do, I like Rob Beckett. I was thinking he's kind of, he's slowly ascending into the echelons of like Jimmy Carr or Michael McIntyre of being a comedian who's actually just very good at being a TV presenter as well. And um, Romesh. And I saw, I think it was Tom Allen, the other guy yeah, yeah. that did a night in Hamleys, all three of them. Yeah, yeah, I loved that. Yeah. That was quite good fun. So yeah, there's some, there's some, it's, I'm, I'm glad to see these people getting a little bit more work. I do have one other thing I am doing, James. It swept in unannounced, but my bet half just very casually said, do you want to watch all the Marvel films again? Oh, and I, oh, I know. So I was like, yes, yes, I do. And put it on instantly just in case you changed your mind. Yep. But to do it differently, we're doing it chronologically. So we started with Captain America, 
then Captain Marvel, then Iron Man 1 and 2, and then we're just charging through into uh, the second Thor film now. Another film. Another. Another. We, um, we, we did the same thing last year, just at the start of lockdown. Disney Plus came out and we watched them all in chronological order. And I've got to say, it's a worthwhile experience. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to get into it. I have been told to stop shouting another every yeah. time I put a film on. No. Do you, or, or throwing a pint glass on the floor each time. I'm really hurting my feet on the broken glass, James. It's yeah. probably not advisable. I'd be interested to find out, you know, upon second viewing, which ones have gone up in your estimation of it, which ones went down. I've got to say, for me, uh, I, you know, the second Thor, sorry to tell you, it, like, it drops like a stone for me a little bit um, when you start watching them all again. Captain America the Winter Soldier really rose for me. It went up my power rankings fairly high. Um, so, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. I'll, uh, I'll report back. Tell me, you could tell us which of the Marvel films is good. But for now, Jeff, let me tell you what's good. <laughs> segway. Yeah, well, I'm trying to because I had that segue last episode and I butchered it. <laughs> Jeff, okay, I've watched all of the new Showtime original show, Your Honor, this week uh, that's now available now on Sky. Uh, for anyone who hasn't spotted the trailers, posters, adverts all over TV over the past few weeks or heard us previewing it a few episodes ago, uh, Your Honor is a 10-part drama set in New Orleans that follows the lives of two families. Brian Cranston's Michael Desiato and his son, and Michael Stuhlbarg's Jimmy Baxter and his family that are inex- inextricably linked. Um, Desiato is a high court judge, while Baxter is the head of a, the most violent crime family in New Orleans history. Jeff, this show starts off intense and just cranks up the suspense from there. We see at the start that Desiato is a righteous man who looks for the truth. He even provides the argument that shows a white cop is deliberately falsifying evidence to convict a black woman within a trial in his courtroom that he's the judge of. He does the right thing. That's what he's known for. Midway through episode one, everything changes. His son Adam is driving home, has an asthma attack, and while reaching um, in the footwell of the car for his inhaler, crashes his car headfirst into a speeding motorcyclist. This crash is horrific. It's grim to see the aftermath. And it grows even worse when Adam, unable to breathe through his asthma, can't even speak to the 911 operator that he's called, nor can he save the young man's life as he bleeds out. He drives home, leaving the scene, but eventually tells his father. Um, obviously, Cranston's Michael persuades Adam that the only right thing to do is to hand himself in, but when they arrive at the police station, Jeff, Michael sees that the bereaved family is the Baxters, the, the crime family, and it was their son, their 17-year-old son, who died. Knowing that his son will definitely be killed in retribution for this, they flee the station and begin to cover up the evidence, and so goes on the season from there. Jeff, I've not spoiled much about the storyline there that we don't see in the trailers, so let me tell you why you should watch this programme now. Firstly, it's just phenomenal. Why wouldn't you watch the best show on TV so far in 2021? And I'm including One Division in that. Cranston is a tormented Michael Desiato, and he's at his tortured best. Um, Channeling is, you know, he's in a Walter White here. He's twisting and turning to keep his son out of trouble and keep the truth from getting out. Um, he's just a man caught between a rock and a hard place. Michael Stuhlbarg, who is one of the best actors in a glittering cast at Boardwalk Empire, is brilliant again here as the violent but bereaved Jimmy Baxter. And he's like simmers with a mixture of sadness and anger throughout the 10 episode run, always like one inch away from just exploding. Uh, there's a wide supporting cast of family, friends, police, lawyers who are also fantastic throughout. Big shout outs to Carmen Ajogo as Lee, Amy Landecker as the tenacious investigating cop Nancy. Uh, some of the younger cast, including Benjamin Flores as Eugene and Lily Kay as Baxter's daughter, Fia, are also excellent. Although I did struggle whenever Cranston's on-screen son, Adam, 
uh, came you know into into shot as I just didn't believe in his performance as much. I think he needs to just hone his craft a little bit more. Says me, the non-actor. The direction, cinematography, and underlying score for Your Honor are just as good as the performances, and you couldn't spot the differences between the four directors who took on episodes over the course of the season. Cranston's direction of the final episode, as everything comes together in like this huge crescendo, is just fantastic, and I'd love him to see him do more directing. New Orleans looks authentic. The rivalry between gangsters of the Baxter family and their rival gang called the Desire Gang um, look as if it could boil over at any moment, and I kind of would have liked to see a little bit more of those tensions too. Overall, though, Your Honor is just an excellent 10-hour watch that builds tension and suspense across each episode. You really don't know how it's going to play out until the last few moments of the final episode. Like, literally, it keeps you on tent hooks that long. You won't regret watching it. If I can watch it as a man with a four-week-old baby, I encourage you to get on board as soon as possible. So that's Your Honor, with all 10 episodes available now on Sky On Demand. So, James, I think the biggest question I have is given that this is Brian Cranston playing a character who is uh, fundamentally good, but then he has to turn to crime, that does sound a little bit like one of his other characters, Walter White in Breaking Bad. How does this compare to that character? Yeah, I mean, similar similar traits, and, you know, you know, a good man turned bad, and you can see him channeling that performance and, you know, that experience, but I think I think they're different characters just in, in, what, in what's... Uh, in their desperation more than anything. Although what White gets desperate towards the end of uh, of Breaking Bad, but just from minute minute one uh, in this, uh, Cranston is just a desperate man trying to protect his his son and just torn up inside. It's it's a deep layered performance. I think he should get Emmys for it. If that, I don't know whether he did Emmys. Emmys come out later. They come out in September, I think. But I think he'll be nominated for everything. Going, he is wonderful in this. Yeah, he is very good. I I saw uh, an episode of Malcolm in the Middle the other day when he was competitively power walking with some yeah. other guy in Lycra, and it's just like this this guy. Honestly, he can do so much. He's so good. Um, I think he's the most watchable actor on TV at the minute. He is very good. I do. Uh, I did notice in the cast list as uh, Tony Curran's in this playing Frankie. Yeah. who sounds like the big big bad's uh, right hand man. Um, I'm a big fan of him simply because he 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 was in probably one of my favourite Doctor Who episodes where he played Vincent Van Gogh, uh, which Richard Curtis wrote that one amazing episode. But uh, he's probably a little bit less friendly in this one, I imagine. Yeah, and, you know, I think he is the spitting double of Vincent van Gogh, so I can see why they cast him as that. It wasn't certainly a stretch. But, yeah, no, he's good. He's menacing. He doesn't have a lot to do, but he's, he's in a lot of scenes, but doesn't have a lot of lines. Um, really, the un, the undersung stars of this show are the, are the younger actors. Um, there's quite a few guys, you know, in their teens or in their 20s playing playing gangbangers uh, in the Desire Gang or playing the, the other son and, and, like I said, the daughter of Jimmy Baxter. And they're they're really good actors, uh, and you know we'll have a future in TV, I'm sure. Particularly building on the experience of working with actors like uh, like Cranston and Stuhlberg. So yeah, I, it's a it's a must watch show for me. Anybody that's listened to it, just stick it on now. Get through that first grim motorcycle crash, and you're you you just won't know how it's going to end. It just you just can't take your eyes off it. Yeah, and this is I guess is another one of these HBO. Um... Quote, high yeah, quality shows coming through the sky, it, isn't it? That seems to be where it all lands. It, it is Showtime rather than HBO, but but oh, similar okay. similar production values and similar. I mean, it just looks like a it's like a ten hour movie. It just looks like like it's produced so well. Yeah, and every shot really well thought out. It's your your archetypal you know TV is the new cinema kind of show at the minute. I would say. 
Very good. Well, I will add that to the list. But uh, before that, James, I do need to tell you about my recommendation. Now, this is one that I said I'd start to watch and charge through uh, all five series of it. Please say that the sixth series is starting this Sunday, 21st of March on BBC. It is, of course, the hit BBC police show line of duty. So we're back. We're back with AC-12, the anti-corruption unit within the police hunting down bent coppers. Yeah, get him. Um, really excited for this one. We have seven episodes coming our way uh, week by week where we are on the hunt yet again for bent coppers. It's uh, built around the core team of Steve uh, Kate and Hastings, um, but we have a special guest who's, I'm guessing, the alleged bent copper. This time it's Kelly McDonald, who's a very good actor, who you'll either know as Diane from Trainspotting or Merida from Disney's Brave. Um, or Boardwalk Empire, as previously. Or Boardwalk was. Emperor. She's done a lot. She's done a lot of good stuff. So really excited for this. Um, you know, I've I've watched them all. I thought the Stephen Graham season was very good. I really rate him. Astrid Martin Scorsese. Uh, Tandy Newton as well. She did a great job. I just love the way that they do it. And as I said last time, I am not one for police dramas, but this is absolute top class British television. Yeah, Jeff, I totally agree. I've just watched the fifth season just myself over the last two weeks, having not watched it. I'm a huge Line of Duty fan. Um, I love the interlinking storylines. I think the scope of the writing for this is breathtaking, how Jed Mercurio, the writer, has fitted everything in together. For anybody who hasn't watched it, um, you can watch season six on its own, and it will make sense as as like a police procedural, but everything links in together, and I, like, like I said about Your Honor, I couldn't hardly recommend enough Going back uh, and watching watching Line of Duty on uh, on catch up. I think all five seasons are on BBC iPlayer. Season five, for some reason, only is on Netflix. But um, it, they're really worth a watch for me. I love I love the main cast. I think Martin Comston and Steve Arnott, uh, Vicky McClure, and Adrian Dunbar as Ted Hastings are just phenomenal and go on through all five seasons, six now. I love I love the, the there's like the big bad in each season is always. A really well-known actor or actress. So we had Lenny James in season one, Keely Hawes in season two and three, Danny, Daniel Mays in season three as well, who we know from Des. He was one of the coppers in Des. Tandy Newton, um, which my spell check is corrected to ta- Tandos. I don't know what Tandos is, um, but Tandy Newton in season four, and then Stephen Graham, who was just just chewed scenery in season five. Um, just just a phenomenal show. I, now we're cooking on Diesel, Jeff. I love it. And I was ecstatic to see. I don't know if you saw this, James, but Adrian Dunbar was almost Princess Leia's dad. Yeah. Yeah, you sent that to me in the chat, I think. I was um, so excited. So for, if anyone hasn't seen this, but I've seen the video, it, unfortunately it didn't make the final film, but at one point um, he was the adopted father of Princess Leia talking in the Senate of the Phantom Menace of Star Wars, for Star Wars Episode One, which just blew my mind. Just absolutely blew my mind. Do you reckon he would have served Emperor Palpatine a Reg 15, Jeff? I mean, he needed one. Let's be honest, he really bloody needed one. That's that's basically would have changed the whole stretch of the film. Um, but and he's a really good actor. And I also he was in Ashes to Ashes, which I, I'd missed as well. So, I've yeah, he's a guy that I've, I like and I've liked without realising it, but certainly in, in this role. That's yeah. Hastings. He's just, yeah, been absolutely great. There are, there are standout perform- performances throughout. I think it's a phenomenal show. One thing I would point everybody to if you're watching it for the first time, 
The Guardian do, do like an episode by episode recap. Every time an episode comes out, they do a recap. They're really well written. They kind of sometimes they point out things that you might have missed in the show or little fan theories. They're, they're not written after the whole season. They're written as the, each episode came out and they're all still available um, online, obviously. Um, and they're a bit funny as well. And I would recommend them. I always, after every episode, I'll always go into The Guardian and read their recap for that episode. So give it, give them a read as well. Give a little bit of a shout out to somebody else, Jeffrey. Yeah, not that The Guardian need our advertising. Yeah, they really don't. But uh, so there you go. So we've got Line of Duty and The Guardian uh, available yeah. on BBC uh, 9 o'clock on Sunday and The Guardian are all good news agents. Nice. Thank <laughs> you very much. Great work. It's great work. But Line of Duty is great and you should watch it now. Two really good recommendations there, Jeff. Loads of stuff, you know, as we draw towards the end of this stage of lockdown, loads of stuff to just sink your teeth into for the last month or so. Some really good TV. And I can't believe there's many people out there who haven't watched Line of Duty yet, but if you haven't, you should. And on to our top three, Jeffrey. Would you agree? I do agree, James. It is a special day for those of you that studied ancient history, which out of the two of us, that's me. Uh, today we're recording on what is actually the Ides of March, which for um, fans of history out there will be aware that this is the day that Julius Caesar was assassinated. Yeah, the he was. Plot, plot S2, Jeffrey. Um, we thought it would be a good opportunity to list our <laughs> top three Romans on-screen performances, whether on TV or the bigger screen. It was a challenging list to produce because there have been some excellent portrayals. But, Jeff, I got there in the end. So... My number three, Jeff, is the 2011 Kevin MacDonald directed film, The Eagle, starring Channing Tatum and Jamie Bell. More than anything else, Jeff, like what else do you need to know? It's got Channing Tatum and Jamie Bell in it. I'll do it. That ticks all my boxes. (laughs) Um, It tells the story of Tatum's young centurion, Marcus Aquila, um, who was posted to Britain and going on the hunt for the legend of the Ninth Legion, who disappeared past the wall in Caledonia, now Scotland, under the, the leadership of his father losing their, their Golden Eagle standard along the way. Tatum is accompanied on his quest by his English servant, Esker, played really well by Jamie Bell. I, I, like, Jamie Bell's such an underused actor, and mm. he's got me watched in this. Jeff, this is definitely a much better film than its 6.5 on IMDb suggests, and it's probably, I think, Johnny Tatum's best serious role. Uh, Jamie Bell is also really good in this, and the supporting cast, including Donald Sutherland, adds some real gravity to the film. Its action sequences are well made and they do the history justice. What's not I like about that? Yeah, it's it's a good film, particularly for us. I mean, for, for those that don't know the geography, we're about, what, 30 miles from the main part of Hadrian's Wall, yeah. uh, which, of course, was the Roman frontier, which, of course, this is where this film set. So just for us on a local level, uh, good to see. Completely agree, though. You know, Jamie Bell, who, uh, who plays the, the slave British slave in this is fantastic and a local lad, you know, so probably could nip home for his, to his mum's, have some tea in between filming. True. There's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, definitely. So Jeff, what's number three on your list? My number three is probably a little bit less serious and it is Carry On Cleo. So I guess if I've talked about the Infinity Saga, if we're honest, the real, the real ultimate film uh, franchise of all time is surely the Carry On films, right? I mean, I feel like James Bond would have something to say about that, but okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure people are familiar with the Carry On films. Um, these are British films that ran from 1958 till, well, 1992 officially, but really it was the 70s. There was 31 movies, um, and it was very much the the epitome of British 
comedy at the time. It had Barbara Windsor, and it's probably the most famous name, name people will know. Sid James, though, with his dirty laugh, and Kenneth Williams, who was camping up a storm, are very much the core cool ones there. Carry On Cleo is the 10th film in the series. It's based on uh, the story of Cleopatra, um, and it features Julius <laughs> features Kenneth Williams as Julius Caesar. Um, it, it doesn't really matter about the plot, quite frankly. It's very much the the joy that comes with watching these classic British comedies, and it doesn't mean that it's a spectacularly good comedy. It's it's really not highly quality written. But if you just want something that's a little bit bawdy, there's a bit of wordplay to it. It all looks glorious. Everyone's in fantastic. Um, costumes and and it's just you know it's it's seventies at its best. Um, this for me is just a really good way of reminding people of, or well, not remind people, taking the mick frankly out of the seriousness that was around at the time with the whole Cleopatra films, and and just kind of it came a few years after the main Cleopatra film with uh, Liz, Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, and Richard Burton. Yeah. Thank you. I've got the name there. And um, yeah, it was just quite a, quite a good, funny play on the character of Caesar. But for me, James, it's made the most famous line from Caesar, which is infamy, infamy. They've all got it in for me. I mean, I mean, that's surely the best best thing there is. Yeah, and fitting on fitting on the Ides of March, I guess. If I'm honest, Jeff, I'm not a Carry On fan, um, but. You know, it's probably one of the better ones that I've seen, I would say. Better than yeah. Carry On Up the Kyber or Carry On Camping. So, yeah, I'll let you have that in number three on your list, Jeff. It's, but mine... It, it is the only one that's based on a Shakespeare play. So, you know, yeah, take, yeah. make of that what you will. It's It's but, got that going for it. I do, it wonder, to... I do wonder watching it again, though, Jay. I mean, it probably is quite problematic just in terms of the content, or there probably needs to be a, a some kind of disclaimer at the front yeah. of them, given uh, some of the stereotypes there. But it certainly has its place in uh, British film history. Yeah, you're right. You know, I don't want to get done for slander, but I'm sure that there's some misogyny in there at some point and probably some dodgy other stuff that's probably been edited out now and makes it less funny than it was at the time. I think it's 12 um, minutes long now. <laughs> 12, yeah, pretty much. And and at 12 minutes, presumably the longest of the carry-on films. Um, Jeff, my number two on our list of Romans on screen is the excellent TV show Spartacus. Not the movie with Kirk Douglas, which is obviously great, but the TV show Spartacus, which I think appeals much more to, I, I get, hopefully, our, a lot of our target audience. And it's currently only available now, unfortunately, on Stars Play through Amazon. You can, however, you can get a Stars Play uh, trial for like one ninety nine for three months, I think. But you can, however, pick up the DVD of all three seasons, plus the prequel season, for a tenner on eBay, if you like the sound of it, after what I'm about to tell you. In this TV show, we follow Spartacus through his enslavement, to his training as a, as a renowned gladiator, through to his fight for freedom from his dominus and uh, and the school, the gladiator school that he's been living in, to his leading of a rebel army against the Roman legions. The supporting cast in this are great, and you grow to love their characters throughout, as you do with any good TV show, Jeff. Even if it is John Hanna and Lucy Lawless, Xena warrior princess herself, as the masters of the gladiator school uh, in season one. The main draw for me here, though, Jeff, is Andy Whitfield, who is phenomenal as Spartacus himself in season one before succumbing, unfortunately, to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma between seasons one and two. It's a testament to his replacement, Liam McIntyre, that the show carried on so seamlessly. Jeff, Spartacus has everything you'd want from a Roman TV show. Loads of battle scenes, some horrendous gladiator fights, loads of nudity, a sense of humour and some fantastic characters. 
give it a watch. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's really sad that Andy Whitfield did pass away. Uh, I guess the um, in response to him becoming ill at the time, they did create the prequel second season, which was Spartacus Gods of the Arena, which I guess was an interesting uh, way to kind of delve into that world. But uh, yeah, I, I get, I like it. I think, like like you say, it's it, this is started in 2010. Um, it ran for for four seasons and there's a high production value. I think we're really moving into the time where we're seeing a lot of high production TV being produced. Um, Swords and Sandals are very much a classic uh, way of doing things. Uh, names that jump out for me, the likes of John Hanna, of course, in the Mummy films and Lucy Lawless as well, uh, two, uh, two that really, you know, uh, uh, names that you recognize, which I think is important when you are doing something that I don't know it's a it's a uh, people know what who Spartacus is hopefully but I really don't think many people have watched the film um not only because it's three and a half hours long because they all see filmed every single person standing up saying I am Spartacus I am Spartacus yeah um, I think the cast the cast you won't recognize many names in the cast because it's very much an Australian cast a lot of the cast went on to then film Banshee which is really popular and had a cult following and a lot of them, I think, might have gone on to Justified, which is a bit more of an American thing. Mm. But the the vast majority of the cast are Australian and would be big big name actors in on Australian TV. Um, Manu Bennett moved made made the move over to um, I think he moved into the Arrowverse on the CW and was a big deal in that for a couple of seasons. So you know there are some there are some known actors there, but maybe not to a more Western audience. Um, but just oh. God, it, honestly, I've now ordered the box, the box set of all four uh, seasons from eBay for a tenner because I just uh, think writing, thinking and think, writing about this now has made me want to watch it again. It's such a good show. I would warn anybody though, there are some grim, violent scenes, like grim, but you get through. Well, my number two, James, is I think it was a precursor to uh, Spartacus, if I'm honest. Um, mine. My number two is Rome, which is a TV show. It was aired by HBO, uh, but we would have seen it on BBC Two. It ran yep. from 2005 to 2007. Um, and just, yeah, a really good, high-quality TV show. It chronicles the, the lives of the rich and the powerful, and there's a lot of mixing of historical figures with the fictional characters. We follow Lucius and Titus who were a pair of Roman soldiers who just happened to be in the right place at the right time to see a lot of these historical events and also uh, have influence on them. Um, you may recognize Ray Stevenson, who, of course, I'm currently watching in the Thor films, who's Titus. Yeah. Uh, Kevin McKidd is there as Lucius as well. The first season follows uh, Julius Caesar and his rise to power. And then, of course, uh, ends spoilers with him being assassinated. I don't think we can <clears> spoil it, given it was 44 BC. Um, and then we move on to season two, which is basically the aftermath and the battle for power that follows uh, his death there. So only ran for two seasons. They had enough content for five a story for five seasons, but they ended up all cramming it into the two because it just it cost that bloody much to make. They were like, let's just throw it all on on the screen now, and uh, you know, not not leave anything left out there. So, just a really another really really strong series about ancient Rome. Oh yeah, I used to love Rome, Jeff. Uh, like you said, Kevin McKidd, who I used to, I loved in Dog Soldiers first of all, Ray yeah. Stevenson from Thor, Polly Walker, who has returned to our screens recently, and in, uh, in Bridgerton. You go down the list, Jeff, and it's kind of a who's who of like not the 
top echelon of British actors, but like that that next level. So you've got James Purefoy, who I'm a big fan of, Lindsay Duncan, Ian McNeese, Tobias Menzies, who I'm watching at the minute in The Terror, which is really good, by the way. Um, and just keeps going on from there. Kieran Hines, who I'm watching in The Terror at the minute, by the way, which is really good. Um, it just keeps going on and on. Just some fantastic actors in Rome. A good shout, Jeff. I don't know whether I... I think if I had to watch one or the other, I think I would choose to watch Spartacus, but it would be a close run thing. Yeah, I think Spartacus is probably a little bit more, I don't know, flashy than Rome. Rome feels a little bit because it has got the... Yeah, it's got the... There's a more... Not historical accuracy because it's it's, it's probably not if you look at it directly, but because they are these characters that we recognise so much... Um, it does kind of go down that path a little bit more, but yeah, just the the set design and and the and the way it's edited just makes it such a a cinematic experience, which um, for a TV show and particularly for the BBC at the time was a huge deal with loads yeah. of Hollywoods. Yeah, it was another one of the, one of these like you know precursors to TV being the big thing, wasn't it? You know, two thousand five. Yeah. I can't believe it was sixteen years ago. Yeah, two thousand five is before people used to put in loads of money into TV. So yeah, it's a yeah. really good pick. I do think I, I do think you know what you know what you know why we got this it's because we had Band of Brothers. I really yeah. do think that. It, the more I think about it, and we talked about um, some episodes on on Disney Star and, and mentioned people like Lost and that, but I do think Band of Brothers is probably, if you drill down, that's that maybe kind of day one of let's make TV that's as good as a film. Yeah, you're right. You know that move of Steven Spielberg to produce it and Hanks mm-hmm. to produce and direct. Uh, I think he directed at least one episode of Band of Brothers. Yeah, it was really a precursor to it all. Great shout, Jeff. It's a good shout. Um, like I said, Rome, really, you know, close run thing between that and Spartacus. I'll tell you what wasn't a close run thing, Jeff, was my pick for number one. And I'm sure you'll agree that the only choice, the film that easily is the best representation of ancient Rome on screen is Ridley Scott's Gladiator. And, you know, what more do you really need to say, Jeff? Whether it's the incredible first fight sequence deep in the in the German woods, the fantastic gladiatorial fight scenes in Rome's Colosseum, or the wonderful sets and costumes, Gladiator truly brings Rome to life. Scott's direction is brilliant. Russell Crowe has never been better. Joaquin Phoenix is incredible. Score by Hans Zimmer pounds throughout. It's a really, really, you know, action set piece after action set piece just thrill a minute ride through ancient Rome. Um, it's incredible. I genuinely believe it's one of the best films ever made. So no wonder it's top of my list. I, you know, I, it should be top of everybody's list. I'm pretty sure you'll agree. It should be top of everyone's list, James. And that's why it is also top of my list. Uh, I absolutely agree. It is head and shoulders above pretty much anything else. I think the, the mix of Ridley Scott with Russell Crowe, with Joaquin Phoenix and, of course, Oliver Reed in his last ever role yeah. Um, yeah, was just absolutely tremendous. The Hans Zimmer, yeah, that music I, it remains on. If I'd had an iPod, still it would still be on there. Yeah. I'm sure it was on my iPod back at the time it came out, which was an amazing 21 years ago now, James. Um, but it, just, it has not, it is not dated. Um, yeah, there's just... Uh, pretty much everywhere you look within the film it's just so much quality i think the character that russell crowe has created is probably one of his finest works um the, the, even the name's just brilliant maximus decimus meridius um and and you know the phrase the the classic quote is are you not entertained and the answer is yes maximus we are very entertained <laughs> constantly throughout it um i visited rome 
Um, the summer before lockdown, I went to the Coliseum and I, I insisted that my better half take a picture of me doing the Russell Crowe pose of, oh, you're not entertained in the middle of the Coliseum floor, which just gave me goosebumps, you know, to think of um, the, the history that it, it's obviously it's, it's fictional in the story it tells, but the history that it, it conveys and the world that it gives us an insight into and the way that they also produced it. I mean, the Coliseum was there. It was it was just there as far as you're concerned. So, yeah, just the, the world it created and the characters there are just ones that I love to revisit as much. Oh, as yeah. Well. And, you know, it's telling that, you know, but, you know, before the days where the Oscars mainly picked dull films that very few people have seen. Sorry, mm. hot take from me. Um, Gladiator was nominated for 12. It won five. They kind of, I think, for, from memory, they kind of split the awards with Traffic, Steven Soderbergh's Traffic. I think Soderbergh won the director. Which I think Ridley Scott was uh, that was robbed for that, but Gladiator won Best Picture. Um, and, you know, I think Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which is another one of my top top 10 movies easily. Um, I think that had 10 nominations as well. So to win five Oscars in a year with such a strong field, um, clearly, clearly a great movie. And why it's number one on our list, Jeff. Definitely. Anything miss out for you that could have snuck in? Um, no, no, I'm just going to say no, James. I'm just, I'm that, I'm just sitting here reminiscing about Gladiator, and I just think I, it's pointless even talking about anything else. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I think if I, if I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit more objective and fill in a bit of time, <laughs> Jeff. Um, if I'm thinking about the top three as a whole, I think you know, for me, the Eagles really good, but the Last Legion, which is Colin Firth in a suit of Roman armor, mm. um, uh, you know, that could have stuck in there, or even, even, um. King Arthur with Clive Owen, really good, you know, odd take on King Arthur that he was a Roman soldier, but, you know, some legends say that he was. Kira Knightley, Ray Winston, Ewan Griffith in that. So that was a really good movie as well. I enjoyed that one a lot. I think the tr- one of those movies where the trailer was better than the film, though. Uh, I've talked recently about Netflix's show Barbarians, which I really rate, mm. really rate. If it was more than six episodes, that would have snuck in there for me, I think. Um, you mentioned Anthony Cleopatra, Pompeii with Jon Snow himself, Kit Harrington in. That's a pretty decent movie. Ben Hur, Spartacus. You know, Ben Hur, eleven Oscars. You can't argue with it. Ben Hur is pretty good. Film. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've, I'm back in the room now. I was, I was, <laughs> I was taken away by the thoughts of Maximus. Um, but yeah, Ben Hur is is one of these historic ones. I think we've got the Fall of Roman Empire, which is absolute mammoth of a film um better than pompeii i'm sorry john snow i didn't i didn't think pompeii was great in that front um and then if you want to be really technical films with romans monty python the life of brian what are the romans do for us yeah and um i mean i've just looked on google here roman holiday technically that is a film about romans i mean mean, it's i mean that's ridiculous jeff ridiculous (laughs) it's just what Uh, google says it's Gregory Pett, Audrey Hepburn fighting to the death in the Coliseum. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay, so that was our top three. If you think that we've got something hideously wrong, if you are one of the only five people in the UK who's watched Spartacus and wants to talk to me about it, or wants to borrow the DVDs once I've watched them again, uh, get in touch with us. You can contact us on any kind of social media, whether it, it's on Twitter at Tell Me What's G. Instagram, which I think is probably, Jeff, maybe our preferred method of, of communication nowadays. Although, actually, I'm big in Twitter at the minute. Um, Instagram would be at Tell Me What's Good UK. Email us, Tell Me What's Good UK at gmail.com, or even on Facebook, Tell Me What's Good UK. And use the hashtag, I am watching Spartacus. 
Yeah, yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. To, to be fair, I would I would go through the anybody who's watched all four seasons of Spartacus would know some of the the fantastic quotes. You know, it's a very quotable show, and uh, and you know we could talk in quotes if anybody's watched Spartacus as well. So so quote me some Spartacus, not the movie, the TV show, please. Jeff, onto some news, onto some news, and we've got an exciting weekend, Jeff. Tell us, I'll let you set it out because I know that you're beside yourself. Tell us. I mean, even if I had the option of legally leaving the house, James, I don't think I would. We've already mentioned that we've got Line of Duty on Sunday night, but before that, we have Zack Snyder's Justice League dropping on Thursday, the 18th of March, that's coming on Sky. And then on Friday, we have the next Marvel TV show, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's arriving on Friday, the 19th of March. That is a hell of a lot of good stuff to watch. It is. Tell, tell us, Jeff, Justice League Snyder Cut, where can we watch that? So that's going to be on Sky, Sky Cinema and Now TV. Um, much like a lot of places that HBO Max end up on. Um, as far as I'm aware, it's a four-hour event, so might not watch it on the Thursday night, but certainly line it up. Um, starting to hear some positive whispers about it. I think um, it's, it'll be interesting to see how much of the original Justice League is still in the film. I think having a four-hour cut is going to allow Zack Snyder to explore these characters in a way that maybe we don't get with Zack Snyder, given that at least 49% of all his films are filmed in slow motion, which takes up a hell of a lot of the runtime. So probably if we sped everything up to full speed, it's probably actually a two-hour film. That's maybe what's actually happening here. But by the time Batman slow punches a demon for at least 12 seconds then uh, that's where the four hours come from. But yeah, interesting to see where it comes from, uh, where where they go with it even. Um, And it's just an interesting one, given that there was such a campaign for the Snyder Cut. And everyone's like, no, they'll never do that. But yet here we are. So also opens the door a little bit. I mean, I appreciate that. Obviously, Snyder had to step away for tragic circumstances, but it does open the door slightly for other films to get a recut yeah, I mean, you know, Blade, Blade Runner famously um, goes by the director's cut more than anything else. Um, yeah, I just hope that all those fanboys, and I'm a fanboy of a lot of things myself, so I don't say that use that term lightly. Those fanboys who kicked off about Justice League being crap and wanted the Snyder Cut and campaigned and campaigned and was horrible to people online for ages and ages. Now that they've got it, I hope they don't slate it because it's four hours long. You know, you get, you reap what you sow. You've made your bed lie in it. I'm sure it'll be better than the original, Jeff, because, I, you know, I like, I, well, I didn't like it. I thought it was okay, the Just, Justice League. I didn't think it was great. I know it was let down by, I think it was let down by its bad guy and its pacing. And, you know, I'm assuming four hours means their pacing's different. And I'm pretty sure that they've um, they've introduced Dark Side. So I think the bad guy scenario might be improved as well. So I'm, you know, I'm interested. I mean, four hours is a lot, particularly when you got, you know, four hours is all the sleep I get in a night, Jeff. So uh, it seems a lot to give up. But yeah, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I'm really excited for that. Like I said, I loved WandaVision. I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be something very different. I think it'll be a lot less of like the, well, yeah, maybe a lot less of like the fan theories and the in, in jokes. Well, not in jokes, but in, you know, knowing winks to people who know all about the comics and everything like that. And I think it'll be a bit more lighthearted. You know, obviously you've got Bucky and uh, Bucky and Falcon, whatever his name is. What's Falcon's name? 
Sam. 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 Yeah. Sam. Sam on your left, Falcon. Yeah. Um, Bucky and Sam, you know, obviously were two both who disappeared during the snap. So they've got a lot of catching up to do in those five years. There's a lot of stuff that they need to do. I think it'll be. A, I think it'll be an exci- exciting watch, an excellent watch. I think it'll be funny, and only six episodes, so they'll be getting a lot more in. I'm excited for it, and that's on Disney Plus. Jeff, I've got your surprise for you right at the end of our show. Okay, so a, a listener told us a, a, about six episodes ago now that they thought we could include a game. Okay, now. I haven't prepared. I haven't prepared you for this at all, and it's going to be a very quick game, Jeff, because it's just I'm going to throw you the first round. Then next week, if we like it, you can throw me the round back. And it's a game that I heard on another podcast that I listened to, the IGN UK podcast, and I thought this is really cool and I can adapt it. Jeff, are you familiar with the website IMDb? I've heard of IMDb. Yes, yes. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure you have. And if you, Jeff, if you wanted to know what films an actor had been in, you would look at their filmography. Am I correct? Of course. Okay, Jeff. You are not allowed to have IMDb open as we play this game. So if you have it open, please close it now. I'll just not touch my laptop because there's too many tabs open. <laughs> well, well, it might currently be open, Jeff, so I'm just going to check. How many fingers am I holding up? Uh, yes, three, I caught you. Thank you. Hands, hands in the air like you just don't care, Jeff. I'm going to pick two actors, Jeff, one after the other. And I don't know whether you know, but at the start of, a, of an actor's filmography, you don't just see the most recent film. They have what they are known for. It's called, this game is all about IMDb's known for, where they give you four films, not necessarily their biggest films or their most profitable films, but four films that those actors are known for. You're going to have four guesses at each of the actors to try and guess the four films. It's pretty impossible to get all four, but you'll get a point for each one that you get correct. And then that'll be your total at the end of this episode. And then next week, you can pick two random actors for me, and that'll be the total at the end of, that'll be my total. And we'll just keep going from there until one of us decides that this is a crap game and we don't like it anymore. Can we do that now? No, no, we can't. We need to give it a go. So, Jeff, your first actor, your first actor, Jeffrey, is Benedict Cumberbatch. Give me the top four films that Benedict Cumberbatch is known for. And remember, these might not necessarily be the biggest films that they've been in, but they might also be. So it's up to you. You get four guesses, Jeff. Well, Star Trek Into Darkness. Yes, that is one point, Jeffrey. Well done. Um, Atonement. That is not in there, Jeff. No, it was only small now. Um, 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 oh. Ed, well, does it have does it have Sherlock TV or is it only films? These are uh, it, sometimes they have TV TV, but these are just movies. I'll let you have that bit of information. You're on okay. one out of two. Doctor Strange. That's two out of three, Jeffrey. That's excellent work. Oh. A third a third one would be excellent. Three is a three a score of three is rare. So, oh, see, now I'm going to have to. This yeah, you're going to have to think. This upsets me greatly, James. I am not prepared for this. Um, I'm going to have to just leave it there. I'm going to leave it there because I feel I'll just be going. No, I'm, you have I, to have a fourth guest, Jeff. <laughs> what was he in? <laughs> Jeff, just. This is great audio, by the way. Just, just say Avengers, Jeff. Well, that. Well, that. All right. Yeah, Avengers. That Which one? Um, Infinity War. No, Jeff. That's two out of four. That's two so out of four. So hold on. No, no. Hold on. So, no. Right. Marvel characters. Marvel characters are in all the films. This is a terrible game, James. No, it's not. I'm, I'm outraged. So, Jeff, you got two out of four. The two films that you missed were The Imitation Game and August Osage County. What? Yeah, I know. So, that's, Jeff, your score is currently two out of four. 
your second actor this week, and the last one you'll be pleased to hear, is Harrison Ford, Jeff. Give me the four films that Harrison Ford is known for on IMDb. The first four films that you'll see if you look at his filmography. Star Wars. No. (laughs) Empire Strikes Back. It's no Star Wars movies. I'll not make you guess any. There are no Star Wars movies in Harrison Ford's known for. I would like to contest IMDb's relevance to the internet if there's um, no Star Wars. I'll only class this as one guess. Well, Indiana Jones. Which one, Jeff? And the Lost uh, Ark of the Covenant. Raiders of the Lost Ark, is that what you're saying? That one, yeah. Yes, you're correct. That's one out of two. The Fugitive. Yes, that's two out of three, Jeff. Um, you get one more guess. Air Force One. Yes, Jeff, that's three out of four. Fantastic. Jeff, your score is five out of eight. We'll carry that through to next week. You can pick two actors. They've got to be they can't be obscure, and we'll go from there. I this you're gonna pay for this clock. You'll pay That's for fair, that's fair. I think it's exciting. I like to build up the tension. And, it, you know, we might just get some feedback saying that this is crap and they hate it. And so uh, they being our 12 listeners. And so uh, we'll ditch it next week. But, Jeff, that's a really good effort. Five out of eight. You should be happy with that. That's over 50%. Have you enjoyed this week's episode? Yeah, it was great, James, until about four minutes ago. Oh, yawn. You are so close-minded. It's so frustrating. Toes your face. Oh, right. Okay. So, listeners, I hope you have a great weekend. There's some awesome stuff to watch, whether it's the four-hour Snyder Cut, whether it's the new season of Taskmaster that comes out on Thursday, which I'm very excited about. Lee Mack's on that, and I love Lee Mack. Whether it's um, Line of Duty Season 6. Is that Sunday, Jeff? Yeah, Sunday at 9pm, BBC One. Fantastic. Or whether it's uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Friday. There's lots to look forward to. Let us know what you're into. Let us know uh, of any Romans on screen productions that we missed. Let us know what you think of your runner or line of duty. Let us know who you would like to serve with a reg 15. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Jeff, from me, it's goodbye. I'm going to go and see what August Asage County is. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye and good luck.